0: If you're listening to this on friday july 22nd and you have not wished me a happy birthday it is your duty to fucking get off the spotify apple podcast however you listen to this platform and wish me a happy birthday realistically my birthday gift to myself is the fact that the audio quality of this is bad and everyone's gonna have to deal with it the reason it's bad is because I was running over with a million things yesterday and it's Thursday July 21st right now and I was supposed to record on Wednesday July 20th and I had studio time booked so I could use the audio engineer like I usually do and unfortunately when push came to shove i had to cancel my studio time and i realized i was going to record it alone but i also didn't have time to go get my microphone because it's at my office i don't even have my yeti so i'm literally just raw dog recording a fucking podcast episode like i'm a 25 year old bald man living in his family's basement being like i'm gonna make a podcast and just talks about um how much he hates women the whole time i'm giving that energy except for the fact that i'm in my bedroom with my nest candle lit and my um, little pink dress on and I'm recording with my little mocha latte next to me. And so that's what makes me different. That's what makes me stand out today. But lo and behold, the audio quality is bad. I know that I'm not going to pretend like it isn't and I apologize and it'll be better next week or whenever I have the wherewithal to go into the studio. Now, one thing that is really resonating with me on a macro level is that i am hoping as i'm recording this right now because i am petty that everybody wishes me a happy birthday tomorrow that i wished a happy birthday on their birthday because at the end of the day the only reason we're wishing people a happy birthday unless they're like our close intimate circle like if you're wishing someone a happy birthday that you've slept with if you're wishing your neighbor a happy birthday like somebody that you met like one time you're only doing that so that they wish you a happy fucking birthday back like No one is wishing these random hoes a happy birthday because they genuinely want them to have, maybe you do. Like you can be both, like we can be more than one thing. Like I personally hope that like those people that I wished happy birthday to, just so that they would wish me one back. I hope they had a happy day. Like I'm not saying that I didn't hope they had a happy day. I just like did it so that they would say it back. Happy birthday. Don't forget to say it back on July 22nd. Anyway, today is episode, we're gonna do questions about me. 24 for 24 years, I'm turning 24. I actually picked 40 questions, Um, I'm turning 40. Uh, So I'm actually just gonna do those because I needed to be a little bit aggressive. But before that, let's get to some updates. So tomorrow for my birthday, just having a little dinner. I'm not a big party girl, but I am a big birthday girl. So we will be celebrating, but it won't be a lot of people because I don't think I can handle that um that being said I did face one of my fears and host a little influencer lunch for my every jewels collab which launched on the 19th the links are on my bio they're everywhere you can get your rings your hot girl necklaces and there's two tote bags I'm very proud of it and I've been wearing the ring a lot I think the ring is like actually stun so like if I do say so myself so definitely go get your every jewels collab; they're discounted right now limited time offer so go do that um And yeah, that's pretty much all I'm doing tomorrow It's just like having a little dinner with my friends. And of course, it's going to be like brilliant because why not? But I am tonight going to this little like caviar masterclass. I don't know if you guys know this about me. And if you've been listening to this, you definitely do. But like I'm obsessed with caviar. It's like my number one favorite food in the world. I think it is so fucking good. I don't want to think about what it is. I don't want to think about where it came from. I just want to consume it. And every single year on Christmas, my dad gets caviar. And that's like our little tradition. We have a little happy hour and we have caviar and champagne. So I only have it once a year, which like is more than most people can say. It's so like, I'm very lucky. But the same caviar brand that my dad buys from this, like this intense caviar brand, they're hosting a masterclass and I'm going and I'm like, fuck, this is going to be bougie. But then I'm like, I'm going to wear a dress from Amazon because best of both worlds. So stay tuned for that. Actually, you'll already have been tuned. You're tuned. Like, you guys have seen that. The dress from Amazon I haven't tried on yet. It has a weird situation going on up top that I don't know if it's going to be necessarily flattering with, like, my pre-period boob situation that I have going on right now. But I, I'm i – it's happening. And you guys are going to see that on Instagram. I also saw Phantom of the Opera last night. And listen, listen, say what you want about Phantom of the Opera. The shit's good, okay? Like, the story is good. The set is fucking iconic. Christine Daae played by one only Emily Coaccio University of Michigan graduate. I believe in the class of 2019. She's just a superstar and it's pretty fabulous if I do say so myself and I'm kind of obsessed. So I highly recommend going to see Phantom of the Opera if you have not seen it. If you are on the west coast of America, there is a 75 minute version playing at Vegas and I think it might be honestly it might be better than the Broadway version because honestly the Broadway version's a little long and they do need the exposition they need the setup but to me they were able to squish it down to 75 that's basically I don't even know if that's a fourth or like a third or what what that is but they squish it down and so I'm thinking they don't need all the exposition at the beginning you know like the auction and whatever like all of that and then it's sort of like okay like the Phantom of the Opera he is a dramatic guy like he's a 10 but he's the Phantom of the Opera like sometimes it's it goes on a little long like I don't need him to be giving drama for like 10 minutes alone on stage like I need him to be like up in the wings like flitting around like doing crazy fucked up shit like that is what's so good about the show so I'm honestly on a Phantom of the Opera kick now after that um and I'm also on a Little Miss meme trend because I saw this account Jewel Puppy I have to credit them because I don't know who they are but they made the meme And they're they're the idea crowd. So I saw this account do it and I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I did it. And I don't want to be like, I'm the one that like spiraled the trend. But then from me, I saw a lot of other people start doing it. So I feel like I like, I feel like Jewel Puppy like was the one with the the ball. They were like the um, point guard. They were like bouncing the ball like down the court. And then I was waiting like at the other end of the court for Jewel Puppy to pass me the ball. And like, and then like I passed the ball to somebody else. And then that person like put the ball in the hoop. And then like we basketball happened and now the trend is viral so I'm actually not going to take credit for any of that and that was the stupidest metaphor in the world that being said after I did it I saw a million other people do it and not credit Jewel Puppy if you're not crediting Jewel Puppy you shouldn't be doing the trend they were the ideal creds like don't credit me don't credit anyone else they were the ideal creds and I think something that's so important to remember and to note on the internet specifically is that The whole internet is like trends. Like the whole Instagram and TikTok is like one person does a a thing and then everybody else does it and then it becomes a trend. But it's really important to credit idea creds. And that becomes so messy like with dances on TikTok or like recipes like how many people did the Emily Mariko salmon bowl but we remember it's the Emily Mariko salmon bowl because people did a really good job at crediting her or Bria's cowboy caviar like people are doing a really good job remembering where that started please tag idea creds when you take an idea from someone like when I start something I am all for people to be borrowing it and doing it like that's the whole point like it's not my intellectual it is my intellectual property I don't know what it is but it's not like trademarked like you can do it but just give me a little Give me that, pass the ball. Like, I have the ball, pass it to you. I'm happy to pass it to you. Just like, remind everybody that I passed you the ball. You know what I mean? And that's how I feel about this trend. Like, please be crediting Jewel Puppy if you make the trend. If you do it, they're on Instagram, follow them, the whole nine yards. So, that's pretty much everything. Like, I don't really have anything else to note right now. So, I thought we'd just get into it because there's a lot of questions to answer. And, um, Yeah, I want to answer all 40 of them because apparently I'm turning 40 years old today and I'm 40, flirty, and thriving. So let's start. I would like to mention that I have no rhyme or reason for the order with which I'm doing this and I'm just doing it as I see best fit. So the first question that I was asked is what literary character or author do you identify with the most? And I had a bit of a difficult time with this one because I I feel like when people are like, I'm Joe March. Like, I'm such a Joe. It's like, okay, flatter yourself harder. Everybody wants to be a Joe. You're probably a fucking Beth. And I know this because I'm the same way. (laughs) I have a hard time being like, oh my God, no. I'm like, if I had to pick one character that I'm like, like, I probably am like Emily Ratajkowski. Like, I feel like that's how I feel if I'm like picking a character that I would relate myself to. So I'm kind of like... Looking at literary characters that I'm inspired by, really, because like I don't think I really identify with any literary characters or authors because I feel like an asshole. Like it goes back to me being like, oh my god, no, I totally resonate with Emily Radikowski. Like, we're pretty much the same. Um, so in terms of literary characters, I said Frances from Conversations with Friends. And the reason I said this by Sally Rooney is because the way that she thinks and her thought process in the book, I have not watched the show, I heard horrible things about it, and I will not be ruining my concept of the book with the show. Um I don't know if it's actually horrible you guys can quote me on that just like people in my life told me it was so I I feel like the way that she thinks and the way that like Sally Rooney wrote her thought processes is exactly how I think and I've never seen somebody else who like thinks similarly to me and apparently there's plenty of them because I know everybody's like yes I'm her like and I want to be a Bobby listen at the end of the day like the jump off point for my whole like hot girl and if you don't know what this is if you're a new listener I had this thing last summer where I broke down like everybody into four prototypes and it's ironic hot girl elusive hot girl doesn't know it hot girl and weird hot girl and party hot girl there's actually five and literally like friend groups everybody fits into one and then I made a buzzfeed quiz the buzzfeed quiz went viral it's all up on my Instagram and in my link tree but Francis and Bobby were kind of the jumping off point for like some of that discourse that I created in my brain because I was like Bobby is such an elusive hot girl like and Francis is such an ironic hot girl and that's just like that's the that's the thing so in terms of authors though I don't really identify with an author again like I'm just gonna tell you like some of the ones that inspire me that I try to like emulate their like type of writing Cheryl Strade, and I don't know like I know everyone loves Glennon Doyle and I also love Glennon Doyle but a lot of people will compare Cheryl Strayed and Glennon Doyle and like gun to head Cheryl Strayed has been my girl since day one she follows me on Instagram I don't know if she unfollowed me I'm not gonna check because it would hurt my own feelings too much if somebody else wants to look and let me know do it but I can't do it myself so yeah 100% she's my number one my number two is Margaret Atwood um I'm obsessed I think she's an icon I don't know if you guys saw the photo of her being like told you so sipping her little tea she's my favorite person in the world and then my third would be Shimamanda Ngozi Adichie again I don't resonate with these people I don't identify with them I just look up to them a lot and they are really really important to me um like I don't have like a knee-jerk reaction of like any other character that I might be similar to other than like the mom from Mean Girls um but I also have like a dash of Kevin G and like a dash of Gretchen Wieners. Like I'm not one person. Or I thought like Sharpay Evans, but I'm not like 100% Sharpe. Like I also give, I'm also giving off like Zeke vibes in a way, I'm also a strong Mrs. Darbus, like through and through. So it's really tough for me to pinpoint one person, so that's why I'm just not gonna do it. Now the iconic thing about these questions is that we're going from like, okay, like what's your favorite like movie to like tell me something you fucking hate about yourself. So the next question is, what is one thing that you used to hate about yourself that you now love? And I I think hate is a strong word that I try not to use, but I used to really dislike that I had a strong personality and that I was like super opinionated and loud and talkative. Like, I feel like I got penalized a lot for that in school. It would be like, she rushes and she's interested in too many things and she talks a lot and she doesn't like think things through all the way. And like I don't know, people would really pin me, and I think ADHD as well, as just like not being what I needed like not being the right kind of a person because of my personality like I always felt like I was doing something wrong because of my big personality and then I just eventually like decided to embrace it because I couldn't help it I tried so hard and so many times to like make myself be chill and like I wanted to be cool and I wanted to be chill and I wanted to be popular and well liked and then eventually I was like fuck I'm never gonna get that it's not happening for me it doesn't look like it's in the cards it's not adding up and I'm not gonna do it so I would say the thing that I used to hate about myself that I now love is definitely that I have a strong personality. I really didn't like it. I tried to change it. The one thing about yourself is that you can't change like things that are embedded within you that you were born with. I think I was born with this personality and I'm not going to be able to change it. Okay. In your 24 years of life, what is the best and worst decision that you ever made? I would say my best decision was just to be relentless and keep pushing and putting myself out there. My dad was always like no it's just a word like so why don't you just like keep doing exactly what you're doing like keep putting yourself out there keep cold emailing people keep just like going up to people and shooting your shot and applying to things that you think you could get rejected for like no is just a word and I think that that's the best decision I ever made to just be relentless like I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't just like keep fucking pushing like all the times I lost and all the times I perceived something as failure it was really just the universe redirecting me and I'm really glad that I put my like fate in that hands and then like in a more tangible way not going abroad the summer going into my junior year so I wasn't going to go abroad as a senior because theater programs are tough and like there are acting programs abroad in London which I didn't want to go to but there aren't really like theater studies programs abroad which is what I was studying and the credits that I needed and so I was gonna go um, over a summer to just get like two credits and like I don't even know if they were going to like apply to anything, but I was going to go to Italy. I applied. I got in. I found a roommate, and then I found out that I got an internship that I had applied for before that that I had no idea that I was going to get and never felt like I was ever going to get that was at the Muni in St. Louis, Missouri, the summer of 2018, and Being there was just the most life-changing and affirming thing of my life. I learned so much about myself. I grew so much as a person. That's where I started training for my first marathon. That's when I started to really like discover and enjoy my personality. That's where I got to just like witness so much live theater. And I think people would be like, you were literally going to go to Italy. And instead, you went to freaking like Missouri. And I'm like, you know what? Don't shut on St. Louis. You have no idea. Muni is magical. I loved living in St. Louis. And I would never change that for the world. Worst decision you know what, like I don't even know if I have one, but I'm just going to say like on a macro level, um, self-doubt, like all the times that I just doubted myself so severely and like wasted my own energy hating and doubting myself, I would say that's definitely one that really sticks out as something I wish I didn't do. But I also think at the end of the day, it was sort of integral, you know, like it was pretty pretty important for me that I had those moments of self-doubt and self-wallowing. Um, and then I would say on a like smaller level, but so pretty big, staying with somebody just because I feared being alone. Um, I think I did that a lot. And I wish that I had gotten out of those relationships and those situations a bit earlier, but I I wasn't able to. I wouldn't let myself leave that um, that pain. And I wouldn't let myself like enter into the unique pain of losing someone, even though they had brought you pain. And so I think that I would definitely say um that staying with someone because I feared being alone is something I definitely regret and that was probably like one of the worst decisions but again I learned a lot and so I think that when I look back on my like quote worst decisions unquote I'm kind of like okay but I took a lot away from this and so I don't even know if it was that bad favorite memory from the past year this was really really hard like okay I'm gonna go through a couple of them after my ted talk walking off stage was the most fucking relief. I don't wanna say relief, because it was also like adrenaline and euphoria, but guys, I was so nervous. And I'm telling you, like, I used to be performer, I used to be fine doing shit like this, nope, I was shitting my pants a day, I couldn't eat anything, like, pit in my stomach, like, to my core throwing up, and then I wasn't actually throwing up. Um, and then the day before, I was also really nervous at my rehearsal, and I stumbled, and I messed up, and I was like, jumbling things, and I was freaking out. And then I just – well, first of all, I asked the TEDx team. I was like, would you guys mind if I brought a bottle of wine? Because I'm going to be way looser, way funnier, just way more on the par if I have a glass and a half of wine before I go on. It's thunderstorming. Sorry. Like, sorry. Um, This is the thing about, like, me not being in the studio. Like, you're hearing, like, the nature. And I think that that's really beautiful. So – anyway I was like can I have wine they were like yes so I finally went on and it was amazing flawless I didn't stutter I don't know how I did it I blacked out I never blacked in until I walked off the stage and that feeling of like blacking back in was literally euphoric and such a relief and then my friend Thomas was standing there with a mug of wine and he was just like hey and I was like literally this is exactly what I needed right now so that very moment was literally quintessential and perfect um Having Friendsgiving with my friends, we did like a Friendsgiving at our apartment. Then we all went around and said what we were thankful for, and we all started crying, and it was just really beautiful. And I was like, Yeah, friendship is really important to me. And I think I just like I pulled back and was like, no matter where we go in life, no matter if we end up staying friends, like we've we're always gonna have this. And that was really beautiful. And then um another one, sitting on the beach in Barcelona. So we like went to the clubs in Barcelona, we were like on Barceloneta. And we like had a bottle of champagne at one of like these clubs, but we were sitting like outside. We hadn't like gone in clubbing. And then like I've, I never smoke cigarettes. I never smoke nicotine. I'm not a tobacco girl. I've never jeweled, but we were in Europe and like we bought a pack of French cigarettes and we were just like smoking them and cracking up. And I kind of was just like, I'm going to tell my kids about this trip one day. And it just felt really right in the moment. And we were just sitting there like laughing and I have a video of ourselves. And he was telling me stories about when he went abroad to Barcelona and it was just it was perfect. So I'd say that one is another one. And then probably always is Christmas Eve with my family, but this year specifically was just so fun. We had such a good time. We got so drunk and like Avery did a magic trick for my family and it was hilarious. And like everything about it was everything. And I think that I would say that those are like... And I know that there are more. There are plenty more, right? Like there has to be. But these are the ones that are like blaring in my brain right now of like things that I thought were the best memories that I had. Okay, next one is how to feel okay about growing up. So for me personally, I remember, I remind myself, cause I remember when I turned 16, I was like really sad. I was like, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to do this. And then I reminded myself that like life is like this cycle where like when you reach like 30, like people in your life start having kids or maybe you'll have kids and then you get to watch them go through all those steps that you've already gone through. And you kind of get to like, be that person like mentoring them and that's like even more special and like you know people always say like when you have a child or like somebody that you love has a child like you experience a level of love you've never like even imagined existed and the idea that like that love like the idea that i have not met all the people that are going to change my life i've not read god I've not read all the books that are going to change my life. I've not encountered all the love that I'm going to feel in my life. And all the types of love is so beautiful and exciting to me. And I feel like latching on to hope is all we have sometimes. And that is kind of how I feel okay about growing up. And with that in mind, what a nice segue for once. What are my top five pieces of advice? Number one is be still and wait. If you listened to like any episode of this, you probably heard me say this because a witch once told me like, Eli, you need to be still and wait. And I was like, you're so right. I'm so like, I'm in a frenzy. I just need to be still and wait. And that's when all the good things happen in my life. The second one is you don't have to do it. You get to do it. And I think about this a lot when I'm exercising, when I'm just like existing, like I don't have to live. I fucking get to live. I'm going to go just grab the opportunity by the balls and run with it. Okay, focus on what you do have, not what you perceive yourself to lack. Once I started realizing like the abundance that I do have and how much greater and larger and more giganticous it is than what I perceive myself to lack, I was like 180 in the brain. You have to disappoint everybody else before you disappoint yourself. Gospel, Bible, like when you're breaking up with someone, like you have to disappoint that person before you disappoint you. You're number one for yourself. Be intentionally selfish. Okay, and then the last one is like, specifically in regards to like anxiety and depression and mental health. That stuff and like being anxious or whatever, it it doesn't make you broken. You're just searching to be whole and it's really beautiful to reframe your mindset in that way. Amazing. Okay. What would you tell yourself a year ago? I would tell myself to uh, really take all this shit seriously. Like, I like look around at my life and I'm like I'm like making a TikTok but then I'm like no like people are watching like actual literal humans and like my podcast I'm like oh I'm just talking and it's like no people are listening and I wish I took like and now I feel like this is professional right like there's ads on it and like we do a thing and like people pitch themselves out to me and like people download it and they listen to it and I like recorded a studio but I just wished that I took the advice that someone had given me a few years prior which was like when you're writing write everything like it's going in the New York Times even if it's in your journal and no one's ever going to see it like I wish I like produced my podcast like it was the number one performing podcast in the United States of America and like I put myself there and like I worked on that level because now I'm like doing catch-up work because I feel like I started this like in a half-hearted effort hobby weird moment so that's what I would tell myself oh also that I'm just proud of you like on a cheesier level how did my parents pick the name Eli they, I think that they were just like calling the fetus Eli. Like when my mom was pregnant, they didn't get the gender, which I think is fucked up. I don't know what you guys think about like getting the gender or not getting the gender. And like, I know gender is a construct and blah, 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 blah. Like I'm not having a gender reveal. No, no, also no, t- no, t- no shade. Like if you did that, fine. I don't care. If you're not finding the gender and you want to be surprised, that's fine. I don't like a surprise, especially not like penis or vagina surprise. Like that's a big surprise. Like I kind of want to know like what the vibe's going to be. Like that would kind of be like, whoa, like literally whoa! like I think I'd be like flabbergasted so 100% I want to know I don't I want to know and I want to just tell everyone like yeah this is a boy or this is a girl or like PPR of a J that's what I want to know anyway back to the question my parents didn't know and so they were just calling the fetus Eli and like randomly my dad had like a second uncle named Eli but I don't really think it was tied to that like I think they were just kind of like vibing I like, liked the name and then when I was born they were like oh shit like girl and so then they were like okay let's find a name that's similar so like Mia it was all like three letter names like Mia Ava like you know like they did like Issa Lily like little like baby names like cutie names and then no one could agree on anything so like fine she's Eli like whatever which I feel like is lazy cop out but I love it now I used to hate it I wrote my college essay about that okay what is the biggest lesson I learned in the past year I would say sometimes you just have to decide like I'm not gonna win, and I put so much pressure on myself to have success look like like everybody likes you and you're like killing it and there's no bumps in the road and failure to look like one little thing goes wrong and it's a failure and I just realized like success doesn't have to be winning all the time like I can decide not to win in the situation I can decide to create to agree to disagree I can decide to like keep myself in like a confused space and I can decide to like trust my gut I can decide not to win and I can decide to redefine success and failure for myself because the only person that's telling me like oh success is that like everyone likes you and you have no problems and failure is like one little thing goes wrong is me so I think that those two things which have been in tandem through therapy and reading and also just like mental my own mental space and like thinking through have probably been the best lesson that I learned in the past year. Who is your number one role model? I feel like people ask this all the time and I have a cop outy answer, which is like my people, like the people that I physically know, like my best friends, my mom, my brothers, like the people in my life are my biggest role models. Like I'm the most, like I look up to them the most, specifically my brothers. Like I cannot think of somebody that is more of a role model for them, for me than those people. But if I had to pick someone tangibly, I would probably say Cheryl Strayed. Like listen, I'm obsessed with her. Like she is my role model. I don't know if you guys know her story. So I'll just like (laughs) tell you. She um, is the writer of the book Wild, which then became a movie with Reese Witherspoon that I've never seen because I never watch movie movie movieified versions. But if you liked it, let me know. Um, And she also wrote another book called Dear Sugar, Tiny Beautiful Things, which is becoming a play. And I think it's even better than Wild, but that being said, and she writes like this advice column. She's amazing. So Wild though is about this, about her. It's her memoir. She was in her 20s and she was like addicted to drugs and her mom had just passed away. And I'm pretty sure she got pregnant and then got an abortion. And she... Um, Decided that she was going to hike the entire Pacific Coast Trail. Like Mexico to Canada kind of vibes. And had no hiking experience. And literally like bought a backpack and did it. And like wrote about her whole experience. And it is so fucking good. Like it is disturbingly amazing. She's the most, she's just, her words like stab me in the gut. She's such a good writer. I literally am obsessed with her. So I would say that if I had to tangibly pick someone, I would pick her. And that's just going to be what it is. And that's just that. Next one is, what has been your favorite age or year of life so far and why? I think before this year, I would have said my 20th year or my 19th year. Both were just really good. Like, my sophomore year of college was my favorite year of college. By far and away, even though I lived in the sorority house, even though I was dealing with that shit, like, it was my favorite year of college. It was definitely the the year that brought me just the most immense amount of joy ever. I would definitely say that my sophomore year brought me the most joy. Um and that was like nineteen slash twenty. But then if I had to like like not those, definitely the last one. And I think that I don't want that to be a compound answer because I would say that twenty three just like simply wasn't or twenty two wasn't my favorite year of life. It was definitely like a struggler, more of a struggle year. And I would say twenty three was just a really great year from start to finish. Like it was there was always always, and obviously a lot of anxiety and a lot of stuff that I went through. And like there was, you know, roses and thorns. But at the end of the day, I have to say this year, like this was the year that I signed my book deal. This was the year that we moved the podcast to the platform. This was the year that I did my TED Talk. And this was the year that I just like formed so many beautiful relationships to people and strengthened ones already in my life and just got to know myself a little bit more and became more self-assured. I would say this has to be the year of my life that was just the most special Okay, biggest, wildest dreaming goal for the next 24 years. You said biggest, wildest. So I'm not going to be like, what are you doing in 20 years that makes you happy? Like, I'm literally going to go biggest, wildest. I want to be a New York Times bestseller. And I and the average age for first-time New York Times bestseller is 52. And I really don't care because I'm going to do it at 25. And I'm saying it here and now on Thursday, July 21st at 2.32 p.m. 2022. And when the book comes out in fall 2023, we're going to be a New York Times bestseller. And I say we because it's all of us. But I need you guys to pre-order. <laughs> when when the pre-order is live, I need us hitting that pre-order button. But I wanna be a New York Times bestseller really badly. That's always been my dream. And if I could accomplish that, I think I would just be incredibly fulfilled. I would I know it's like I know it doesn't really matter. Like I'm an author either way, but it's something that I've always wanted and I'm not gonna let it go. So that's gonna be my biggest and wildest. Dream and goal for the next 24 years. Okay, the next question is kind of fun. They asked, what is your personal Mount Rushmore? Like, you can only pick four people. And I was like, oh my God, this is really hard. And I was, at first I was like, am I picking people I know? And then I was like, I can't pick people I know because then I would leave people out and like, people be mad at me. I also don't think that like my, I feel like this, this person meant like fucking people that are like famous, I guess. So mine, after a lot of thought, is Lady Gaga, Anne Hathaway, Margaret Atwood and Toni Morrison. Like, let it sink in. That's a Mount Rushmore that I want to be looking at. Lady Gaga is iconic. She is everything I want to be more. She's so fucking talented. I feel like her and I are kind of similar vibes. She also just like not because she's talented, just like her vibes. Also, she just stands up for what she believes in so truthfully and fiercely. Like, if you don't like her, I literally need you to grow up. Anne Hathaway, height of sophistication in class. My favorite actress, and I just love her. Um, Margaret Atwood is my favorite writer. And then Toni Morrison I think is the most prolific writer that I've ever read in my life. And I don't think any Mount Rushmore is complete without Toni Morrison. Okay, moving right along. At what point did you know you wanted to get a breast reduction? So I actually like didn't think of it as an option. Like I... So I don't... I'm gonna just give you guys a quick history. A quick herstory. Fucking <laughs> sorry. Okay, Um, when I was young um, I was very 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 late to like the puberty game so I didn't like get boobs or my first period until I was like a junior in high school I was like 17 years old I might have even been a senior in high school so I didn't have that experience of like getting boobs and stuff till really late and then all of a sudden they came in and they were like D's and at first it was nice because I was getting attention and it was kind of fun and then they just like kept growing and I remember specifically shopping for my so my junior prom dress was easier because I just had like nice boobs at that point like and and not that giant boobs aren't nice, but the kind of giant boobs that I then had eventually were really harmful to me. So um, I was a junior and that was fine. And then when I was a senior, I just like couldn't find a dress that fit me because I have a tiny rib cage and I'm 5'2". And like I had like Fs. And I remember like prom dress shopping was really like kind of unspokenly uncomfortable because my mom wanted it to be like this fun day. And it ended up being this like disastrously upsetting day where I had to buy this dress that I didn't even like. And we decided like, that the only way that we could fix it is if we added it was strapless and we decided we had to add straps to it and then put mesh in the cut so it had like a deep fee and it definitely personalized it a bit because then a lot of girls ended up wearing this dress <clears throat> to proms in general because it was bcbg and it was like very very popular prom dress that year but it was the only one that fit and even then we had to like fix it we had to like be like I don't know crafty we were like crafting my prom dress and I think my mom came into my room like the day after we were prom dress shopping and she's like I just like saw a lot of pain in your eyes over this and like obviously it was because of your boobs that this was the situation and I just wanted to like lay this out on a table as an option if you're interested so she actually brought it up to me and I thought about it and I talked to some girls who I knew that had had one and had been a bit quiet about it. I like didn't know that they had had one, but my mom mentioned that their moms told her or something. And then I just decided that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I I never, it was really interesting. So then I went off to college and my boobs got bigger for multiple reasons, like freshman 15, but then also just like in general, they kept growing. And they were like FG vibes for the time. Like I, I got my surgery. And I don't really – I didn't, like, establish or, like, think about getting – like, that I was getting it until the day I walked into my surgeon's office, which is Dr. Taylor at a lower plastic surgery. Everyone should go there. So I, like – I didn't like think about it until after. And then I remember right after I was like, oh my God, this isn't my body. And then I was like, I've never felt better. And I was recently talking to a girl who was like, the reason I'm scared to get a breast reduction is because I feel like a lot of my male attention comes to the fact Mm -hmm. that I have big boobs and I fear I won't be attractive without them. And I think that this is a conversation that like nobody ever has because like they feel embarrassed to admit that. But I felt the same way. And then I realized two things. Number one, male perception and validation is like not even 1% of who I am or what I am. But number two, if a guy like, yeah, sure, maybe it's nice to go out to a bar and all the guys are trying to hit on you because you have huge boobs, but you're not going to marry any of those guys. At the end of the day, the guy that you're going to marry or the person that you're going to be with is going to like you for, like, so many more things and, like, want to be with you for so many other reasons. So at the end of the day, like the boobs aren't getting you the wedding ring and the happily ever after or like the soulmate or the person to come into your life that's really going to value you and you shouldn't we shouldn't want to be with that person that's only with us because we have big boobs so i realized that and yeah then there was a lot of emotional turmoil too with like the recovery of just being like oh my god feeling very dysphoric in my body but now i couldn't be happier okay next up best sex you've ever had um i thought this was an interesting question to answer for me because the best sex I've ever had is always with the person I'm most emotionally invested in because sex to me is really linked to emotions. So when it's void of emotional stuff, I don't really see it as good, and that's just how I take it. I'm a very I, I'm very intimate with that in that way. And so for me, like the best sex I've ever had is always going to be with the person I'm most emotionally attached and attracted to. And so that's like my best answer that I can give, and I hope cuz I feel like there are moments in my life that I can pinpoint as like that was a really great night or that was really hot but like maybe I wasn't emotionally attached in the way that like really elevated it to the next level and made it like best on the same level most romantic things someone has ever done for you I have a cheesy one I feel like everything that my current boyfriend does for me is romantic like every little thing he does have never been treated in that way how he treats me but there's a cheesy one um, I was dating this guy when I was going into my senior year of college. It was kind of a summer fling. and we were on like a third date. And I actually kind of found this a little weird and like almost too cheesy. But we were walking by a bodega, and I was mentioning to him, like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with bodega flowers. And I wasn't trying to say it as, like, buy me flowers at all. I was just, like, I'm obsessed with them. And he was, like, why? And I was, like, I don't know. I think it's really romantic. And this person is, like, very poet, very artist vibes. So I was, like, I just think it's really romantic that they still sell flowers at the bodega. It shows that people, like, buy them all the time. Like, the demand is high enough. Like, somebody's buying themselves flowers or somebody else flowers. Like, nearly every day enough people are buying them that it, they can justify selling them. And then on our next date, we walked by a bodega and he'll be like, I'll be right back. He was like, I'll be right back. And he ducked into the bodega and bought me flowers. And it was really cute, but it was kind of cheesy. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, Um, pivoting. What would you do if fear wasn't a factor? You know, I think I try to live my daily life like this and I think I'm getting better at it. Like, I live my life like, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? What would I do if I wasn't embarrassed? What would I do if I wasn't sad? All of those things. I try to like put that in my brain all the time. I constantly remind myself of that. But I think I would more so say whatever I want to say and not what I think I should say because I really overthink the way that I phrase things. And I think it's a, it's a direct it's directly because of TikTok and how the comment section just is and, like, how the echo chamber is. I think a lot of us are, like, we're so intentional about how we're speaking. And you should be. Like, you should always think before you speak. But, like, sometimes I say something because I think I should say it or I do something because I think I should do it and not because I actually want to say it or do it. And I'm trying to get better at that. But I think I've really worked hard on that. And I think I actually am getting a lot better at that. Favorite kind of cheese. Okay, so I'm like a cheddar girl. I love a Wisconsin cheddar. I think it's chef's kiss. I love blue cheese. I love a Cobb salad with a little blue cheese sprinkle. If you don't like blue cheese, like kind of grow up. I like Humboldt Fog. It's a brie, sort of like a brie. It's like a, it's like a hybrid cheese. I actually don't know what, what the hybrid is or like how do they make hybrid cheese? So Humboldt Fog is a soft, ripe goat cheese and it's like a blue cheese brie goat cheese extravaganza. I don't know how they made this cheese, but da- damn damn i'm like speechless so that i love parmigiano reggiano i love pecorino romano i like all cheese i'm very grateful that i'm not lactose intolerant though i do sometimes notice that it makes my skin really bad worst or funniest dating or sex story okay this is actually probably the funniest and i think i've told this before but i'm just gonna do it again um when i was a sophomore in college i no, i've definitely told this story recently but whatever you guys are hearing it again you're welcome i um had an immensely huge crush on this guy in my class we'll just call him peanut butter boy and he was in my English class, uh, now he's on TV, actually, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. So he's in my English class, but he's actually, like, a theater major, and um, he, like, we were, like, editing, peer editing each other's stuff, and then we started kind of Snapchatting, and then I just, like, invited myself over, because so I had a crush on him, and, like, I spent the night, like, two nights, and, like, we hooked up, and, like, the reason I call him Peanut Butter Boy is that he was showing me, like, YouTube videos of himself performing, and we were eating peanut butter, and that's fine. You know, like I let that happen. So that's fine. So I hooked up with him, whatever. And then, um, I was also talking to this other guy at the time who had DM me on Instagram and we were like DMing back and forth and like making plans. And I was definitely going to go to his house, um, after he was the lead in the like play that was going on. And this was like, currently as we speak, it's like a Wednesday. Okay. So it's like a Wednesday night and the play is opening up. But the, the thing about the play that's like kind of funky fresh is that the play is opening on fall break weekend so like everyone's kind of leaving and it's like mysterious vibe but I'm staying because we're doing a production of Equus and I'm building sets for it so (laughs) I'm a theater girl so anyway I go see the play and I'm like "Mm, I'm in love with you lead actor boy you are just (laughs) the love of my life even though we've like talked once in person and after the play, I like DM'd him how good he was. And then he invited me to his house. And the cast party was like happening like the following weekend. So like this was not a cast party vibe, but it was kind of just like a vibe, like a hangout. And so I'm out with my friends having drinks after the play. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go and like hook up with this guy and like whatever so i he gives me the address and i put it into my uber and then the car pulls up and it's like peanut butter boys house and i'm like oh surely i put in the address wrong from like when i ubered to and from peanut butter boys on like wednesday like surely this is the wrong address so i texted him and i was like hey can you hit me with the address again hits me with peanut butter boys address and i'm like what the fuck is he doing like why is he giving me peanut butter boys address it then dawns on me that this is peanut butter boys house because they are roommates And also, they are best friends. And so at this point in time, I'm like, I'm a girl boss. I'm like, I'm so cool. I'm like, they have no idea about this. Clearly, they were in coots about it. Clearly, neither of them cared about me. But I'm like, oh, hey, can you come outside um, of your house? Because I felt like super uncomfortable then like walking up to the house. And he was like, no, no need. Like me and my roommates, because I had made the Uber driver like drive me down the street a bit because I was like confused. So he was like, no need. Me and my roommates were all just hanging on the porch. And I was like, oh, great. So that's, awful um amazing so I got there and he was like hey and peanut butter boy like was kind of ignoring it and then like the other people that live in the house were like what is she doing here and I was like you know I've actually been frequenting your home and then uh he was like want to get a drink and I was like sure so we got a drink then we went into his room and like the rest is history it's fine but it was definitely funny and then oh <laughs> yeah they knew and I thought that this I was like girl boss girl boss and now one of them is on Broadway and the other one is in television show And my mom was like, I'm loving this television show. It's just like a really good, like the best television show. And I was like, and she's like, you should watch it. It's like so up your alley. And I was like, I can't. You see, I can't because I can't watch this person on TV because I actually hooked up with them. And my mom was like, oh, which one? And then I told her and now she like videos like scenes of it. And I'm like, no, we didn't need to do that because I don't want to watch it. Anyway though, he's on TV. So bless be, bless be the arts and theater. What have you learned from putting your life online? I have learned that intentionality is everything and think before you post is much more real than we take it to mean. And I try my best to think before I post. I'm like, I'm not lying. Like I think before I post, I'm pretty intentional, but I haven't been. And I think I've learned a lot about that. And I've also just like, this is like, there's consequences to your actions. <laughs> and I think I know that. Um, this is gonna be confusing and cryptic sounding and everything is good. And I'm not trying to make it confusing or cryptic sounding. I think I've just learned that like thinking before you post and being intentional truly is everything. What is your dream purse? Okay, I've been thinking about it and I'm borrowing a Bottega Vanetta bag from Vivrell. I think that's my dream purse right now. I, I switch it up and then I get disappointed. So I, my dream purse was the Gucci Diana. And I bought it and I don't like the way it sits crossbody. And I need a crossbody bag because I'm such a mover. I'm such an active little girl. And when I and I like a crossbody, and so I can't really carry it as a crossbody because it like sits on my hip weird. It like falls weird. It like it has this square shape to it, but then the crossbody makes it feel weird. It's not like flat on you. And I don't really like to like carry it. So it's hard. So I want to be intentional about my next purchase because I don't regret it. We're gonna get to purchases. That's a question you guys asked. I don't regret it at all, but I do think that. I need to be careful because I wasn't, I'm not like as pleased with it as I was when I bought it. That being said, I do love it. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say. So, Bottega Veneta, even though they're not even crossbody, actually, the one I have right now that I'm borrowing is, but the clutch, because if you're buying a clutch, you're buying a clutch. Do you know what I mean? It's just beautiful. Okay. Biggest, I've taken this too far moment while drinking. Okay, my sophomore year of college was fun. That was the story about peanut butter boy and the other boy that happened sophomore year. And um, a little bit before that happened, I decided to go hang out with my big one night. because She is going to a party at my ex-boyfriend's house and I want to see him. And so I get all dressed up and I go and I'm in the crux of like my restrict era. So I'm not eating a lot. And she gives me jungle juice. I start drinking jungle juice. Then we play stack cup at the party. I get the bitch cup. I lose. And I black out. I'm belligerent. I start throwing up on the porch of the house. And it wasn't even my ex's house. It wasn't even like revenge. And then my sorority big had to like hose down the whole porch and then had to uber me home and then when I got home Allie was like what the fuck and then um Allie like stripped me out of my clothes and then she gave me a plastic bag and took like pictures of me which is mean but also justified and then they left me on um my back with a backpack on the floor um because we lived in this like tiny baby room that was like really small with two bunk beds and they didn't want to smell like yak and then I woke up on the floor and I was like oh my god that was truly heinous that was so bad and then um on my phone I just had a text from my ex that said go fuck yourself and I was like what happened I don't know so yeah that was definitely the biggest I've taken this too far moment from drinking I try not to do that anymore ever ever because it's awful with that in mind another great segue what age of yourself would you want to most hang out with now 1000 percent, age 19 that girl was so insane and I want I don't want to teach her any lessons I want to just I want to revel in her toxicity and her crazy vibes I was in such a party girl era I was having so much fun probably because I was drinking so much because I hated myself but I, I would love to just sit with her and be like so what is going through your brain like why is your location off again what are you doing like I would love that she's truly an icon my favorite and least favorite Broadway shows I've seen truly Finding Neverland was a horrible Broadway production I don't like it I don't it's not a vibe for me I didn't like Matthew Morrison in it he was rude to me at the stage door, um as he would like come on it just wasn't good and I hated it um my favorites I loved the Les Mis revival the 2015 Les Mis revival truly chef's kiss so yummy, so good, I love Les Miserables, and then the Lincoln Center revival of My Fair Lady in 2018, I believe, um, truly all I want is a room somewhere, do you guys know that, you know, my high school theater director always used to say I would make a great Eliza Doolittle one day, yeah, and I will be reprising it, just kidding, I'm not going to perform, I don't want to, Favorite sandwich. I'm actually quite a boring sandwich eater. I like white sourdough bread, gluten-free white sourdough bread with turkey or roast beef, cheddar, mustard, and lettuce. And that's it. I don't like some whole concoction. If we're talking a wrap, I like a Southwestern style wrap. Some kind of like cilantro lime dressing, some beans, some... I like a fucking burrito. (laughs) I think I'm I'm... I was about to be like some beans, some rice, like some cheese. Okay, burrito. (laughs) <laughs> Carne asada. Um, so that's my favorite sandwich. First kiss, date, and boyfriend. My first kiss was under a tree at my friend's birthday party when I was 13. And I missed them singing happy birthday to her because we were kissing. And then I heard them singing happy birthday like in the yard because it was like someone had a backyard that opened up into the park and then me and him were in the park but we could hear what's going on in the backyard and like heard them singing happy birthday and I like got up and ran to the backyard and I remember what I was wearing. I was wearing these Target shorts that were like kind of like gray but they had a palm tree and a sunset on them and I thought that they were just sickening. Um, So that was my first kiss. The first date I went on, I think, was, like, literally in college. Like, nobody – I mean, I went on, like, dates, quote-unquote. I had, like, a couple boyfriends in high school, but I don't really remember. And then my boyfriend, my first boyfriend was this kid from high school named – I'm not going to say his name. I don't know why I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to do that like he was a fictional character. I just wanted to be like, yeah, this was his name. Like, fully just – this was, like – hmm, maybe just, hmm, pseudonyms are good. He was really nice and sweet and like really nothing to report there other than the fact that I met his parents and they're the kind of people that had like a crucifix in their house and like would lock the front door behind you when you came in and you had to take your shoes off and they were like big coaster users and then I broke up with him a week later because I'm a little bit of a bitch. Okay, advice I would give someone going to college, specifically Michigan next year my biggest advice of freshman year of college is that everybody is pretty miserable and everybody's trying to pretend like they're not. Nobody is getting to college and being like, this is the life. Like nobody is thriving. Like everyone is going to be uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable, huge change and period of transition. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck is going on here? But then everybody takes to social media and tries to make it look like it's the best damn time ever. And that is so toxic. So try to remind yourself of that. Hindsight is everything. Like everyone's just going to try to one each other up. Just be yourself. I wish I was more myself my freshman year of college because it took me a long time to find the communities that mattered to me. And again, I don't regret anything, but I do wish that. Um, And don't think about what it should be. I think I had this idea in my head about what Michigan would be for me and what it would look like and what it should be. There's no should be's. there's just is. So go there, put your best foot forward, keep your mind and your heart open, join a lot of clubs, go to your classes, have fun, work hard, play hard and go Bloom. My Glee big three. I am a holly holiday son, fully. Like I would be the batshit Spanish teacher with the Santana rising. And I might just want to believe that myself. I may be a Quinn rising and a Rachel moon. And that's just going to be how it is. And no one is going to fight me on that. A specific amount of love I felt at a specific time. So this past year when I, during Pride and um, during New York City Pride, I was supposed to spend the day with my brother and he was really excited about it. And he was really upset when I couldn't and i felt really guilty that i had to be on a work trip in la and then i got a picture from my other brother of my boyfriend and his best friend celebrating with them and they had gone out and i know it feels like the bare minimum but they just i don't know they just made my brother feel really special and my brother was like they were the stars of the day they really just like elevated me and lifted me up and that really it makes me really emotional because nobody that i love more than my brothers okay best and worst purchases made my best purchase was hundred percent my mac desktop I love that thing I'm fucking put it in the grave with me I'll be typing I'll be writing little notes as a ghost because I know my ghost is going to be like my ghost is going to be haunting the bitches with the macbook desktop the worst is my second phone like both apple purchases and I had to like I had to make this like comparison like My second phone was the worst purchase I've ever made. I'm looking at it right now. It's dead. I've never used it. I used it one time. It's so small. I bought it when I couldn't afford the bigger one, So I bought the smaller one. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. Could have just waited. Um, I need to sell it. If anyone wants a phone, doesn't have a SIM card, doesn't have cell service, it looks like an iPod touch, but I will sell it to you. And I will sell it to you for like $400. I think I bought it for six. Okay. The story of me losing my virginity it's really not interesting and everybody wants to know but i had a high school boyfriend i we never put a label on it but he was calling me his ex when he went to college so you know what i'll take the label and i'll run with it um we talked about it a lot before he wasn't a virgin but i was he'd only had sex with one other person um and it was on the couch in his basement i was on top and that is something to acknowledge But other than that, it was really anticlimactic in a way, in a good way. Like, he made sure I was safe. He asked me a lot of questions. He made me feel really comfortable. And he was really nice to me. And that's really all I can say. It was the best experience I could have had for something awkward like that. Yeah aspect of my life that 14-year-old me would be surprised by. Number one, that I went to a party with Selena Gomez and Cara Levine. She'd be like, no, you didn't. Shut up. You're not even allowed to stand near those people. Crazy. She wouldn't even believe that, but probably that people like take me seriously. Like when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be a creative and I want to be a writer and I want to, I want to be a theater person. And I was like, no one's ever going to take me seriously. No one's ever going to give me that opportunity. That's never going to happen for me. I didn't believe in myself. So I think the fact that I like did what I always wanted to do, like I was just saying to my therapist, I was like, I've never had a dream actualize. Like, I, you know, like a dream, a dream come true was my TED talk, but that was never a dream I had, like in my brain since a kid. Like, I wanna do a TED talk. That wasn't a dream until it happened. And same thing with TikTok, like, it was never a dream in my brain, or like going to these premieres or going to the Tony's, like, those were never things that I like dreamed of. I dreamed of my book deal since I was like three. And so I and so it's really hard for it like I'm like my dream is actualizing in front of my fucking face. Like how is that happening? That would definitely be what she would be most surprised by. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, my family. And the idea that like anything is fucking possible. Like I've been, giving an op- I've been given the opportunity to live and I'm gonna live. And I tell myself that every day. And then beyond that, like you guys, like you guys really hold me accountable without you even knowing it. In the DMs, you're like looking for help or advice or just like to smile or like to chat with someone. And like just the idea that I have a community, like I feel a responsibility to you and it gets me out of bed every single day to like just rise to that occasion. And I'm really, 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 I'm in awe that that is something I get to say that I do. What am I most proud of? I used to say my marathon, but I have switched it and it is the TED Talk. Like I said, fucking scariest day, man. Like, how did I memorize that? I don't know. I literally cannot tell you. Okay, scenarios that I make up to fall asleep, getting proposed to. Like 1000%. I lie in my bed at night, close my eyes, and I imagine getting proposed to and the day that I get engaged and how that's going to be. I want to be a fiance for my whole life. I think it's the most brilliant, wonderful idea. Like, You get to plan a party, and you get a pretty ring, and everyone's like, congratulations, and it's like so special and flirtatious, but you're not like a wife, you know? Like, wife, I don't like that word. But fiance, I can fuck with that, I can vibe with that. What do I hope for myself at the age of 48? Um, Okay, so obviously happiness and health. I want to have kids, and I want them to be happy and healthy too, and I don't care who they are, or what they are, or who they choose to be, other than that. um, I just want happiness and health for my family. I want to be a New York Times bestselling author and I want to have a jam farm and I want to um, or a berry farm with lots of different fruits and then then I'm going to open up my jam farm and I'm going to have jams and books and kids and dogs and I don't need anything else that's what I hope for myself at 48 and that's I think that that's plenty okay let's see what else we have what does true success mean to you in the upcoming year? I mean, I think if I was my old self that put so much pressure on herself, I would be like being a New York Times bestseller. But really that's not it. Um, it just is being happy and doing the best that I possibly can and showing up for myself every day in a way that makes sense for me and healing the parts of myself that aren't fully healed yet and letting in new people and new love and being open to anything that comes my way. I think success used to be such an intense word for me and now I'm just like, I want to be happy and do the best I can. And that's all I care about. Okay. What am I leaving behind in 23, bringing into 24 and calling in for 24? I am leaving behind trying to please everyone. Like you're literally, it's, it's impossible. And I've been running this impossible race. Like what if I just chose not to win? What if I chose not to please everybody? Like I would be so much happier. I want to free myself in that way. And I'm really going to work on it. And I, and I am really working on it. I'm bringing my best self energy and mindset into 24. I really want to be someone that young me would be proud of. And I think she would be proud of me because I'm fucking proud of her. Um, But I I want to be the best person version of myself that I possibly can. And I feel like I've been really working toward that. And I want to continue to do that inner work. And then I'm calling in discipline and focus, um, firstly, because this is the book. This is the book home stretch, And I'm really scared. And I just want it to be the best version of this book right now that it could possibly be. Also, my new formulated ideas of success and failure and the knowledge that I can choose not to win. And that is really what I'm calling in and what's really going to be important for me and what I think is really going to feel good for me. And that's really, really, really what I want in the year of 24. Now, I wanted to close this episode by just saying thank you because all of these things that I just talked about, all the crazy stuff that's happened to me, all like even sitting here recording this, I'm like trying to wrap my head around how a year ago I was, like, working as an insurance journalist getting harassed by my boss and, like, kind of miserable, and now I have a book deal, and it's all because of you guys. Um, I I don't have the words. Like, when I think of celebrating tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Friday, um, I'm thinking about celebrating, like, my life, and my life is something that's, like, not possible. I mean, my life is something that is possible without you guys, but the version of my life that I've crafted for myself in 24 years is only possible because of you guys and your help and your motivation and you showing up for me and I just hope that I can show up for you guys in the same way and that I do every single day because I just genuinely can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me so happy birthday to all of us it's all of our birthdays today I hope you get a cake and you eat it And you have a glass of champagne in my honor or a spicy sexy margarita and then tag me in it. And then also like message me a wish that you want me to wish for because I want to wish um, when I blow out those candles for all of you guys and all of your wishes because I think this is a year where all of this are going to come true for all of us. So I love you very much. If you need anything, ping me, bump me, message me, but maybe not tomorrow unless it's to say happy birthday because I'm an attention whore and I need that attention. And other than that, I hope you have a wonderful week. I will see you next week. Give yourself a big hug. You deserve it. And celebrate tomorrow because I was born. And that is pretty fucking cool. Also, happy Leo season, Leos. I know you wanted me to say it. (laughs) I knew I had to end the episode on telling my Leo friends, happy Leo season starting tomorrow. Afternoon, evening though. Don't take it away from me because I'm still a cancer. Through and through to my grave. I love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And happy birthday to me. See you next week. we